Hello and welcome to the 551 Podcast. My name is Wes Burdine and I am here with Rodrigo Sanchez Chavarria. Uh, hello, sir. It's just you and me. It's just the two of us. Yeah. None yes. of these other hangers on and, and That's whatever. Right. Um, and you've been doing poetry all night, so this yeah. whole night will be in iambic pen- pentameter i, I assume. We, we will try i, I, I think yeah. what we should try is since in my workshop we did epistles which is letter writing mm-hmm. so i think we should try to perhaps any of the listeners if they're inspired since i know there was people trying to write haikus or what other formats i think epistles towards the management of the club would be a good idea okay Let's see if anyone listens to that. Yeah. And see if anyone follows through. Right. A, a, a Chris, Chris Wright or, or Manny or, or Adrian, how, whoever, whoever you want to address your uh, epistolary poem to send, it to, send it to particularly what, R, at RS, RSC, RSC Spoken, spoken word. word. Yeah. On Twitter. So, um, so uh, on this podcast, we've got lots of poetry. We've got um, basically, we're just going to rhyme the whole time. Whoa, I did that. Um, but we've got the good, the bad, and, well, the boring, basically. And then we've got Minnesota United uh, thwumped by New York Red Bulls. We've got Twitter questions. Uh, anything anything you want to kick off before we do? Are you feeling okay? Anything you need to get off your chest? You, do we Should we just hit Peru before we go to the break? I, I think it's time for some big quarters. Back here on the Fifty Five One podcast, uh, uh, we are going to start with the good, which is, I guess, it's only good if you don't like Argentina. But uh, Spain beating Argentina six to one, I, we're going to call it good, just because it was, it was uh, crazy. It was Spain back to their kind of uh, swashbuckling ways in terms of, I guess, it maybe it didn't even look like classic Spain, but Argentina completely unable to finish the ball. Iguain can't shoot from two inches out and uh they also cannot defend if if it was a preview of this uh of this um world cup coming up uh uh, leo messi is is gonna have another uh fallow year but uh did you watch the whole game yeah i I watched i watched the majority of that game i think uh for me what was problematic was how Argentina kind of went backwards to those to those previous games before the last game of the leg qualifying where, where Messi turned it on and scored scored three goals to be able to do it. They they were they were uncreative. Um, their defense was horrendous. I I mean I just you know we can we can talk about and compare it to to maybe this this past Loons game if, if it was that bad or if it was previous. I mean it felt like they had two Demidovs on the team. Um, uh, we'll definitely have to talk about that because I, I definitely have a far rosier view of that last Loons <laughs> game than I think a lot of people do. But yeah, and I think I think overall, um, I mean, there's no the fact that Messi wasn't there, the the, the fact that Spain just um, one after one, uh, one two three, swinging in the ball, beaten one on one, beaten the offside trap so many times, and just. Getting a lot of one on one chances on the goalie was just. Which is not, that's the part that once I started to describe this game, I realized that that's not what I'm used to Spain. Yeah, doing, no, you're, right? you're, I mean, just, you're, you're used to Spain 
one, two, three, four, wing yeah. back, one, two, three, four. Right. It's like I the mean, tri- whole triangle moving all the way up until you can cross goals it. Where you were, yeah. I mean, just just how they were kind of defending it was it was so bizarre. It was, it was like playing FIFA pretty much on like amateur level and yeah you knew all the buttons it was like me playing fifa yeah, exactly. yeah yeah that's what it looked like and, and to credit you know it is it is a um a younger team i think ingo in had i don't know three or four shots on goal i think um i mean shots on goal is generous though well, yeah well, they were they were way above the, the the goal post but they created some opportunities that didn't go in which was which was you know typical argentina at least these last couple of years and um i'm hoping to that you know they they bounce back and um, you know and and they have a much better showing uh, in the World Cup and what uh, maybe in the next leg of, of friendlies will be will be different. Hopefully they'll, they'll yeah. They'll there's a lot of time to to so. to see what what England what England England that England game is fun. So. Uh, the England versus Italy and, yeah and then yeah well I mean I, we'll we'll talk a little bit about the other internationals. I do want to say one of the bads is. I didn't realize Buffon was still playing in goal for Italy. Yeah, and that was that, that was a really interesting story. So like, you know, he officially retired. Yeah, right. Yeah. He said, "I'm done playing internationally." And then somehow the Italian coach was still here. Yeah, you want to play? And then he'd be like, "Yes, I want to play." So he comes in. I, but he was he was extremely he played extremely he's well. Great, but like but like the U.S., you know, they mm-hmm. a disaster, not qualifying, an embarrassment, and the U.S. is. At least responding by being like, you know what? And I know a lot of some of those veterans are going to come back into the team right. eventually, but the U.S. is. I think that there are people who are just done. They they are moved out. I don't think we're going to see Tim Howard back. You know, for example, um, and and seeing Buffon back there, it's like yes, you're a legend, but it's time to move on past. Yeah, guys, and so. and now I found that interesting. We'll see what happens in the next. Uh, yeah. leg of uh, friendlies in June, I think most of them are, and then we'll see how that yeah. that that plays up to um, to expectations. I I mean, Italy looked like they wanted to be in the World Cup, <laughs> but they weren't. But unfortunately, they they, yeah. they they did it at the wrong time. So so that was uh, that was interesting. So we'll hit a couple other internationals, but the bad this week is uh, Minneapolis City announced that they are going to be playing their home matches at Osseo High School. They were you know, last year they found this great home at Augsburg, right in Minneapolis. Uh, it was a great spot, right near the light rail, and Augsburg is under construction, so they aren't going to be able to play there. And so it's just a, a super tough deal for the team, where they literally just exhausted every possible uh, location that they could play, and they've got to move out to Osseo. And they'll make do with what they have to, but it's just it's such a like frustrating thing to see where. It's such a young club, and that's like you know for a club that is always talking about local in Minneapolis right. and, and having to go, go to Osseo, which is it's not crazy far, but it, it's, it's farther I'm, than I'm, I drive. I'm, I will you know it's furthest I will drive basically all year except for to visit family in Pennsylvania. You know, so um, so it's a bummer for them, uh, but. Is any news of uh, where Viejos Somos Trapos will be playing? They're still going to be at, at Central uh, at Central High School. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just I, f- I feel bad for for them. I know that they definitely would like to be have gotten something closer. So I, I but damn. So uh, the boring is uh, U.S. Men's National Team one, Paraguay zero. This game was 
played on the Wales graveyard in Cary, North Carolina. Thank, uh, unfortunately, uh, uh, I, I was giving uh, a North Carolina FC player and friend of the pod, Austin Deleuze, hell for not having brought up the hexes for the of the Wales graveyard and injuring Miguel Almiron. But um, it, it was just a, it was a very young team, um, but extremely. The game was boring, especially the second half. I just, I, I think, I think I, I, I liked seeing the newer players get a chance to play the traps, um, you know, um, and having a chance to be able to explore. I, I didn't get why, for example, Nagby was playing in the sense because he's already someone who's played before. And so I, I would have liked to see more of that that youth talent be used more. And it was also the formation that they were playing. I think they were playing a four-one-four-one. And so, who plays on those wings? Who are your wing players? Who are your kind of like you know wing defensive you know defensive midfielders who's kind of stay back? Who is the ones to go mm-hmm. up? So I mean, opportunities were created. You know, I think uh, I think that penalty it was interesting. Uh, um, it was a penalty, but it was obvious that uh, was it Wood who earned it. Who who earned it? No, uh, it was uh, oh geez, uh, the new forward. Is it Will? Um, uh, the new there's Kenny Saif who was out on the left. Right. Had, uh, is it Tyler? Tyler Adams. Yes, That's, you're right. You. Yeah, thank yeah. you, thank you. Yeah. Tyler Adams, I thought looked really, really good. He looked but, yeah, really good. It, but it was very obvious there that the ball he hits the ball too hard. It's getting away from him. He should have been able to just go around the keeper. Yeah, and, and, that, and, that and it was, was one of those situations too. where, however it happened, the keeper came out and he knew I can get a I can get a PK here. Right. So, so that so you that, do that, it. So, I mean, so, it's good, so in in my in a, if anyone follow my tweet, I I pretty much call this game a tie just because of, mm. of of that matter. But it was earned. I think Bobby, for example, I I wouldn't have started Bobby. I think Bobby, um, you know, needs that that space needs to be. Given to someone else for now, we know what Bobby can do, and he didn't have a very good game. Yeah, I, and, I, and Paraguay didn't play like they wanted to play at all. I mean, it was. Yeah, and I think the success of the United States uh, in this game um, it's a little bit of misleading because Paraguay wasn't pressing at all. You know, so yeah. especially the first the first half, um, the U.S. just had had the ball the whole time yeah. and, and and Paraguay didn't eventually Paraguay came into it and I I actually turned had to turn the game off toward the end so I didn't see Timothy Weah come in uh and and uh, I think didn't we, get I think Timothy Weah did a, did a decent job yeah. I would have liked to see like if I if Weah would have started instead of yeah and I I only got to see a little bit of Novakovic I would have liked yeah. to see him a little bit more so mm, yeah I think I think what what makes me Jeez, I, don't, I, I can't believe I'm saying excited against the United States team. It's to see in this formation what uh, Michael Michael Bradley can do. Mm-hmm. Because he's always had to play to cover all this ground. And he's not, he's not even though he, he can, is serviceable doing that, yeah. I don't think that's his strongest. Well, strongest if you had position. someone like Will Trapp behind Nagby, exactly, Nagby right? and Bradley, then those, those two, the problem is neither of them... Bradley is a little bit more, but Nagby is not someone who um, wants to find a killer ball, right? Mm-hmm. If you think about when, when Minnesota does that, right? right. When, they, when they've got Ibsen and mm-hmm. Schuler and Warner behind them, Ibsen is going to try. He's not doing a ton of balls into the final third, but he is trying to 
cut through some defenders and things like that. It's not what Nagby does. Nagby no. does a little bit more of what we always say Miguel Ibarra does, right? But right, he's he covers centrally. He he's doing kind of shorter passes, connecting a lot of things, checking two, checking away, yeah, and he's that. a lot better than Miguel at yeah. doing that. And he plays it differently because he's central. But um, yeah, I would like to see Bradley and maybe Nagby there, but or just or seeing a number 10 there. And and obviously you're going to see right. in the regular team, you're going to see Pulisic there. I mean, that's, I, I think Pulisic's role is, is, is the role that was discovered for him, uh, previously, uh, unmentionable, uh, unerasable game that we shall not mention. Mm-hmm. Um, um, where he was, he had that freedom to roam around. I think yeah. when he's, he's got that freedom to create and be able to be everywhere, anywhere, he, he's at his most dangerous. And I yeah. think that's, I, and and, I don't, and I'm not sure if that four one four one is is the right because you don't really have like a like a ten you have like two yeah. eights in there and so I don't know if it's if it's yeah. if it's the best uh, approach but I, we also don't know if this if this coach is going to be around for, he will when not. that happens so yeah yeah, yeah. So. I mean so we don't know what's going to be if they're going to change it for the next game yeah if it's going to be whatever or how are they going to prep for the Copa America. Um and, and all the other stuff and if if they're going to um like like I, it'd be interesting like I w- I would like to see the United States finally take invitations to prestigious tournaments seriously and send the A B and for and I'm I'm sure Coca-Cola fans will hate me for saying this but like the Gold Cup send your young B team don't they, isn't that what they do. Most of the times they send the majority of the times they've sent their their there there's been a focus on playing and winning the gold cup. Uh and Copa America has not been the main focus. I think this last one because it was the yeah. centenario and it was in the United States. Yeah. It was a different but previous ones. Because they, they sent their B squad to the gold cup and sent their good team to the Copa. Right, centenario. for the centenario yeah, one, yeah. which is and, which is and it does sound like actually I, I didn't uh, get to read uh of the article, but um it sounds like we will see a Gold Cup every four years, and then the other uh, and the Copa you know, America. The, and then so the Copa every two America. years, we'll have so, something to celebrate and get crazy over. Yeah, yeah, and I think that that would be great. I would, I mean, if every four years, like mm-hmm. the Euros, we get to see uh, the U.S. not just up against Mexico, but up against uh, Brazil. Uh, you know, Paraguay, and then some some of the yeah. minnows like Peru or something like that. Yes, yeah. some of the minnows, yeah, that somehow end up qualifying. Speaking right? of speaking of Peru, uh, this uh, how how did they do this weekend? How, how did they played the uh, the their the for the hipster cup, Peru versus Iceland. Uh, per, Peru pretty much displaced the the hipsters, and uh, and I, I was really interesting to see how that game was going to turn out, and I think the main. Um, the main thing that I walked out of it is that there's a confidence growing within the team that they can play without their number nine, who is still under their suspension. Uh, Paolo Guerrero. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, who's still under suspension for um, for pretty much drugs. I think it's cocaine-related stuff. Yeah. Uh, and so he's got until, I don't know, it's, it's all up and upheaval in May. Sometime in May, it will determine. People are trying to appeal that he gets suspended for the whole World Cup. People are trying not to get him out, trying to get him off. So, so who knows? But uh, I mean, I think the first game against Croatia was was, was really good. Um, the Peru really plays well when they play with the ball on the field. Like mm-hmm. all these long balls, all these things, it's not worth. They're not built for that. 
So um, Iceland was 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 a, is a match because of the aerial game, you know, and that's what that's how Iceland go when it goes. I've had her and I have set pieces. So um, how, what did the game finish? It was three one. Three one. Okay. So so and I think um, Peru had most of most of most of the control. Um, so that's a good test, though, for for Peru. To, I think to I think play it was. It was the things. Was, I think it was a, a yeah. good test. I think uh, Andres Carrillo really stood out in that last game. He he dominated. Um, I also think um, Christian Cueva has always been um, has always been a bright spot. Let him create um, a an old Farfan is, is still viable and still works. And that man will hustle for anything. So yeah. it was really, really, really cool to be able to watch the game. I had to watch the game on Facebook because <laughs> there was no other show. And and thank God that they don't monitor all that stuff like they do on YouTube because then uh, we wouldn't be able to watch it. But it was it was it was it was a fun game. It was it was it was really interesting. And I, I'm excited to see what the June leg of friendlies will be like. So yeah. and who will be there because we didn't have a a, a goalie because the goalie's injured. So our, our backup play decently and this Peru match was in was in the US right yeah they were both in Miami one first one was Croatia was in Miami and the last one was in uh, New Jersey did you, so they did actually you, played in the Red look, Bull Stadium yeah did you look into uh, going possibly or no yeah. no I didn't you gotta buy a house in Midway yeah I have, I have <laughs> to figure some of that stuff out you know I, if, if, if so I would have but I um, yeah I think the closest I've ever been to Peru Peru uh, watching a Peru game in the United States was probably the last uh, the Centenario Copa America we got to um, for a family trip this is how dedicated my um, family is to, to football and soccer. We um, we went to go see the Panama um, Panama Argentina game in mm-hmm. Soldiers mm-hmm. Soldier Field. So that was fun. Yeah. And so that was a good experience for all of them, and it was it was great. That's the closest I've ever been to since um, since that. And I, I'm looking forward to if the rumors are true that you know the the, the Copa is gonna come back and it makes sense to keep it central somewhere. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll rotate it, but. Um, it it would be good for you could do it in you could do a Copa Centenario easily in uh, Brazil, Mexico, U.S. and rotate between those three. Yeah, I think so. I think I, uh, I you know, yeah. Probably do what it conditions? What condition the stadiums are in Brazil after the World Cup? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, but it might might actually get them to be able to keep those stadiums up. Maybe maybe not, maybe, maybe not the I don't one know. in in. Uh, uh, in, in the middle of the jungle. Yeah, we don't we don't have our local Brasilero to come yeah, in and give yeah. us the update on how that is. But he's, I'm pretty he's sure he's talking out loud to the podcast. Yeah, as so he's him. probably tweeting at us somehow live at <laughs> well, the moment. So, but well, no, uh, yes, but let's continue. Yeah, let's let's uh um uh take a break. We'll come back and then it's uh designated player and Minnesota United time. Here we are, fifty-five-one podcast. Rodrigo and Wes, and uh, welcome, Rodrigo, to the designated player era of Minnesota United FC tonight. Terminal Two. Terminal Two. Minneapolis St. Paul Airport. I figure. I, I feel we should be doing this in a Terminator voice. Yeah, yeah. Darwin Quintero, uh, Colombian Mexican uh, striker, uh, signs with Minnesota United. They have not announced it yet. Which is why Minnesota United FC, there's no mention on their Twitter account or anything about it. Uh, but they obviously leaked it to the uh, supporters groups 
supporters group showed up and I don't know how the crowd was, but you know, greeted him at the airport, got I, some pictures with him and I can't wait to internet stalk Twitter and, and see if there's any pictures laying around. But no, it's 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 a good I think I don't I don't think it's a bad move. It's not a, a, a um, you know, five hundred thousand dollar demidab move, but uh I think I think it's a, it's an interesting piece to the to the group specifically now that you know we are without Kevin Molino. So yeah. the question to me, to you, I guess, is where where do you think he would play? Yeah, I, I, I you know we talked about it a little bit last week, but I I just think that the most obvious spot is to just have him play in a second striker number ten role as a uh, just as a partner to Abu or. Christian, because I think I think I said this last week. Abu and Christian are not really the the right kind of people to pair with one another, but I think Quintero might be the right kind of guy to a little bit more connective to either Christian or Abu. Um, I think that 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 he can play a little bit of what the number ten would give us there, and that and that that means obviously moving Miguel out of that role and moving him back to the the, the wings and, and and fighting for that left wing spot with with Nicholson. Batman on the wings sounds sounds appropriate. Yeah. And so but I, I haven't seen the, the, the numbers to, to know if like Darwin Quintero is like a good deal. He's thirty. Uh he's you know he's been a couple of years out of his streaky good good uh s- success. Um but I, I really, I think that they're not, they, they didn't, they're not spending, they were going to spend a ton of money on Nick, uh, Nicholas Benedetti. Um, they're not spending a ton of money here as far as I, I gather. Uh, he seems like a good, I think they probably would want something splashier for their first designated player. Mm-hmm. This seems like a pretty good thing. I, I put a little Twitter poll out there. How are people feeling? Meh. Cautiously optim, uh, cautiously hopeful. Um, very excited or going bananas, and most people because it's Minnesota were cautiously. Yeah, hopeful. I was gonna say that's the Minnesota answer. Yeah, 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 and that's. I mean, that's the way I feel. I feel like it's nice to to have this happen finally. How, how many games do you do you give him before he starts or takes minutes takes heavy minutes away from, from starts? I don't think it would be realistic to think he would start this weekend. So you say I think two games. I think next week is either Seattle or week after, you know, this weekend we've got Atlanta. Next week is is either Seattle or Portland away. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I think that he would either play a 30-minute sub role or start. I, I think, well, we'll talk about it, but Christian is not firing on all cylinders. Abu, who knows about his fitness. No, we're going to talk think, about the gold talisman. It didn't work this time. Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah. And so... I think that we need something else there. Uh, who knows what this weekend will be like? But l- let's um, unless we have other Quintero notes, you you where are you on that? Uh, meh to. Uh, I think I'm, I I think I bananas. I will take the the overwhelming uh, Minnesota reaction. I think yeah. um, I'm optimistic. I, I I think it's a it's a decent pickup. 
I mean, he, you know, the the MLS get for a long time had a joke of 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 uh, being the the VLS and, and which is the viejo league soccer. Yeah. So getting all the retiree players to coming out, and so though he's thirty years old, he he this might be his chance to be able to see what else he's got on the tank. Yeah. So I I do I do I see it as a gamble? Yeah, I see it as a gamble, but I also see that the the this, the, the ceiling is is pretty decent for this. And and the other thing to to point out, we we should like temper expectations. The good thing is he's coming in early in the season. Yes, that is true. Usually designated players, a lot of times they're July pickups and you get three months and their first three months are bad, right? I mean, very rarely do you get a player, big player coming into the league and right away they're they're firing on all cylinders. Right, yeah, no, that's usually... So I'm not, I'm not expecting Quintero to be in, in until summertime really going. And also he's playing on turf. There's going to be a lot of things that... I'm I'm prepared to be underwhelmed for a while, you know. But I also have been always prepared for this year to be, you know, fits and starts of of great. And I think that the season so far, actually, these four games, I'm actually happier than I thought I would be. No, I agree. I think I think play, these so. last four games have been have been uh, have been a much different uh, contrast of last last season well, the yeah. season so <laughs> that is that much so even, so that so you're hopeful for that aspect of it and i think the i think the camaraderie and and the team chemistry is, yeah. is, is something with it now now i think it might be a good time to say to see talk about the uh yeah the games red so. bulls but i do want to say we had a very bad first game in san jose uh but we came back and though. then we came back but then we had two games that i thought we not only played well but we won and then a third, a third game in that streak where I'm going to talk about. I think we had 45 minutes where we were great, <laughs> and so we'll talk about that. But I think we haven't had last season. Did we ever have two games in a row where we were really good looking, and then a, a, a half beyond that? I mean, we barely had 45 minutes last year straight where we looked good. So. Yeah, no, I, I'm trying to think of any games, and I think most of the home games were more successful than the away games. So yeah, so we if we played and, at home, and the next of, thing we play because most of our so. wins last year were were very ugly. Mm-hmm. So, but let's talk about New York Red Bulls three, uh, Minnesota United zero. Uh, both teams were missing a ton of players. We were missing, uh, I would say, what uh, four from the back line, uh, Schuler and Molino, right? So you've got six players. Six starters missing from that lineup. I fully expected a three nothing loss, and they duly delivered. I th- I think last week uh, one of our one of our Twitter questions were were to predict what the score was. I think mine was three one. Yeah. I, I think Eric was the most optimistic out of all of us. One yeah. one, and I I don't know what yeah. what um Alex's um prediction was, but I think it was maybe a three zero or three one. So we'll see we'll see who, which one of us was correct. But I expected that. I mean. Um, you know the Red Bulls are a good team. They're yeah. they're a very good, well organized, balanced team. So just like Alex pointed out in in his article, you know, I mean, they're they're you know, they're a very well balanced team. And and we've had a bunch of players in the back that were playing for the first time, yeah. and some of them who haven't played for a long time. Yeah. And so um, I think one of the things that um, as much as I, I appreciate um, Birch. Um, I, I I would I would hope that we don't see him as often as we yeah. have. Well, I think that's I think I think his time is, is yeah. pretty much past. Let, so let me start with the good parts. Where the first ten minutes, so the f- whole first half, I watched the uh, New York commentators 
and Shep Messing, and I forget who the other guy is. Um, both of them, all the first half, were talking about how much better Minnesota were. And I, I fully agree. The first 10 minutes in particular, I thought the press was tight. Um, we were forcing turnover. Ibsen and, and uh, uh, not Kurt Warner, Colin Warner looked like they were tough. I thought Coleman looked really good. I thought Manley looked really good. I don't think he's very good at passing right now, but um, uh, Christian could have scored if he was faster because there was uh, Finley put in a great cross. And I think every, every striker should make that near post run and should should win that ball, which is something that he was doing last season. So. Yeah, and so I I I mean I it's not like the United didn't create any opportunities to score. They created several opportunities to to score. It just it just wasn't there. I think. Yeah. Uh, overall, um, I think Christian had some some good plays, but not as to yeah. what we expect to have our our, our top no. our top striker to be able to be be able to do that. And I think that. That became, that's become a you know, I, I, it's, it's become something that Heath is 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 is, is vocal about, and we know, we know, Inchi is always vocal about he what he thinks yeah, about his players. He hasn't really called out Christian directly, but I think the well, he called everybody. <laughs> yeah, he called everybody out, and well, actually, let's save that. He called everyone out, but I felt like it was probably directed toward Ramirez. I think Ramirez is not getting the start this Saturday. I think Dunlady is there. I, I, I think that, um, I, and I, I don't think Keith is particularly wrong about Ramirez. I think Ramirez is not, something's not working right now. Uh, and that's not uncommon for both strikers in general and Christian too. Christian has every, every season I've seen him play, he's had bad streaks. Um, but 15 minutes into the match, totally against the run of play. That's when uh, Alex Muell. Uh, Muil, damn it, every time I don't know how to say it, he Muil? just as yeah, there you go, excellent. Um, no pressure from Mark Birch, and he just puts the ball in at the at the far post. Lampson, I thought, did a terrible job, should have should have gotten something to it. Um, but Birch and Lampson were terrible this game. Uh, There's no communication in that back line regarding who was going to go do or do what, and no. I think that was one of the main issues that. That I saw in that in that back line, I, I it's just I, I just think Birch's time is 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 not here anymore. I think yeah, I was only only when, when he... only I mean maybe not even only when we don't we we need uh, a body out there maybe, but I, I would rather play the young kids. Well, I he I thought I was surprised when he was re-signed last year, and I, I tweeted this: Eric Miller from Woodbury is not in the Rapids eighteen. He's not a uh, game-changing fullback, but I think he's a very serviceable good full, fullback who you know maybe rapids want i'm sure manny is well aware that that eric miller's available rapids did spend some money to get him so maybe they don't want to maybe maybe manny doesn't see it as being worthwhile spending 300 gam to pick up a, a fullback so i get that but yeah especially but Mark after, Birch, after after picking up the 500 500k to be able to pick someone who didn't only play two games yeah and yeah set so, events so yeah I'm pretty sure that's fresh on Manny's mind um, it, not being able to make that kind of mistake but um I, I I don't know I mean there's been a lot of discussion with other people that I've talked to about uh, so Shuttleworth start should they should, should they make a switch and I think I think people are are, are, are hitting that panic mode in the aspect of our goaltender because you know, uh, Lamson hasn't given up his face to save to save the team. 
yeah. but everybody knows the shuttle world has and probably will do again. Yeah. So I think, in my in, in my opinion, I think we just let the kid play and let him let him eventually get into that role more and be able to communicate better with his young line or um, to be able to. Um, to just figure it out. I think yeah. you have to give him time well, to figure it out. You also you also do have, you know, the second goal is another example where it's free kick and Bradley Wright Phillips has this fantastic finish. Um, Coleman could have done better to mark his guy. Uh, I, I think Birch did a terrible job of mar- marking Yeah, that was not even goal BWP. Side, so, Why yeah. you had Mark Birch marking him maybe they just thought the experience I think they would be better i think just got confused i have no he idea. was no he was on him later i saw was he really yeah okay. um well, that's a horrible and, and lampson didn't do a good job there but maybe it's lampson you know lampson's also communicating with uh guys he's never played with right, right. i mean mm-hmm. so uh you know that's two nil two two nil in the first half um, and then later on in the 70th minute bwp gets this long pass from Muyo. And Almsberg misses its interception. Lampson doesn't do much. BWP is fantastic. Um, Alex talked about this in his kind of recap of uh, you know analysis. What BWP does that that Christian is not doing right now, but he just he really he's a magical player. And, oh yeah, that 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 goal with a flick. Oh, that was that was beautiful. You couldn't get really yeah. if you if you really are a, a fan of football soccer. Um, you appreciate those type of players, those type of players yeah. who can be able to make make those make those types of uh, changes in mid direction and be yeah. able to make that. So no, I mean, I wasn't going into the game that we were um, we were uh, we were going to have a good result, but at the same time, I, to be honest, I didn't really care. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, and and so I, the, where I'm really positive is that I think the first half, Minnesota. Uh, Looked really good, not extremely dangerous, but I thought that they looked, you know, Coleman, I thought looked really good. Warner, I thought looked very good. Uh, Ibsen, I thought looked very good. I thought that those three stood out to me. Coleman just had no errors, got got the ball out of there really, really well. Um, obviously, we weren't passing the ball well out of the back because none right. of those guys are none good of those passers. Guys. Um, but I thought the, the, the Ibsen Warner pairing looked fantastic. I thought that was really interesting. They had so much energy because and they were last year they didn't yeah. get that much playing time together, and people were when and you know Warner is more of a Warner's looked better this year. Yeah, he has. I I, I, mean, I, I totally agree. So so bringing her back to like last year uh, in a game like this, we would be talking about how everybody played bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, in this case, we got beat by a good team, and yeah. that's. That's that's acceptable. I think. I think you need to. If you're a fan, you need to accept that you will get beat by good teams, and good teams will be the teams that they're supposed to be. And so I think we're in that middle middle gray area where, where we're trying to figure out who are those teams that we can beat, that we're supposed to beat, who are the teams that we have to challenge. I think. I think if we were to play this this game back with our full rosters and maybe add a Quintero in there, mm-hmm. uh, this 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 might be a much closer uh, game in in this score wise. So. Yeah. So. I mean, they had a decent amount of shots on goal with nine to R4. Um, I, I think they were the better team. But I, I, again, I, I, I think that there were a lot of positives I pulled from this. Second half, I do think the team just just kind of died out, petered out. They, they lost the energy. 
Um, you had you had some changes come in. Obviously, Heath was mad. So you've got uh, we got to see friends Pango. We got to see uh, Mason Toya uh, and Abu Dunladi. I don't think much of that changed. Although Pang- Pango did send in a cross that um, Finley hits against the crossbar, and Toya would have scored in the on the rebound, but Abu got in the way. So there was some good stuff there, but for the most part, the team was just done. They were ready to go home. Yeah, I think I think I'm mostly excited to see Pango and see what he he, he can do. I give him the opportunity, but now with Quintero and now with all these different players, it, it's going to be really interesting yeah. what is decided upon what's who is going to play and what role they play. Um, so I, I mean, we'll 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 see we'll I see how this develops. Suspicion that like uh, Jose Leyton. That was the only time we're going to see Pango. Really? I, I just, I don't know. These guys come in and he's he's got to displace both Sam and Miguel. That is and true. Both of those guys look good. I didn't think Sam Nick. It looked to me this week that Sam Nicholson, he had a lot of dribbles and all of them were failed. Uh, no, but me, he didn't have enough time to cut right. Yeah, yeah. It looked to me he that had no like, space to do that. Someone watched some video on Sam Nicholson right. last they, they, week. They're and, figuring him out where yeah, he dribbles yeah. to 14 people and then cuts right. Yeah, in so, you know, and, and Finley as well wasn't, didn't really have a, a ton going for him this this match. He wasn't, I, I don't think he was bad. The only the only people I picked out as bad were Ramirez, Birch, and Lamson. I thought um, Ibarra and, and uh, Carter Manley looked good, not great or very good. Um, uh, people call that serviceable. Yeah, and and I thought I thought you know Olmsberg as well could have done better, but both Manley and Olmsberg playing their first professional game in New York in front of twelve people, it's not <laughs> it's not like they had a tough job. They did okay. Yeah, you know, hopefully they can learn from from that stuff. And and I thought you know everyone else out there had good moments bad moments yeah I, I, don't, I don't think it's time to hit the panic button i'm pretty sure there's a, I, I think there's, there's people out there who may think it might be I, I don't think so i think i think uh with the starting line line in the back that we have we we, we can we can be competitive in that aspect of it um but i also you know um just in the situation in the U, the, the men's U, national team i think the, the young kids need a chance to play and so i think i think um he has some uh, interesting decisions to make in the next couple of games, and I wouldn't be surprised because I wasn't surprised last year when he pretty much tore that lineup any any game he wanted to. Uh, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see something similar in the next couple of games. So Mears and and especially for Carter Manley, Mears is going to be in and out. Same with maybe Tison if this injury. It looks like it looks like both of them will be back this weekend, um, but there will be a chance for Mears. Uh, obviously, with Calvo going away, we're not playing a ton during the World Cup, but there will be a chance for Olmsberg to come in. And I, I do hope you don't want to see them thrown in with a full new back. You just want to see them one player swapped in, right? I yeah. Mean, you don't want to see this stuff. You wanted to see Manly getting to play with the other guys who right. are used to it so that mm-hmm. there's a lot more. Everyone's confident and he can just f- like use their confidence to boost him. But and, if, if you've like got you, a, uncertainty yeah. around you... And like you stated before, you know, um, the younger players don't need that much. Um, you know, they, they need they need playing time, but they don't... They, they, they shouldn't be the priority to get on the field as yeah. much. So whenever you can get them in, that's great. Get them used to the system. Get them, get them, get them used to training. Get them used to all the other stuff. The way, um, 
the the uh, mentality and the attack and how the game is going to play the formation get into all that get comfortable because uh, a young player you have a lot to uh, absorb and a lot to try to yeah. figure out so we'll see I, I'm, I'm looking forward to see see them more on the field um, I hopefully you're wrong about Pango because I, I thought he might be yeah might be might be a spark in some sort of sense. It's um, just a weird suspicion that that's that's it. I, it was not even a value judgment. I didn't see enough of it. I, I think you need to put that as a fifty-five-one suspicion. Yeah, uh, yeah. Poll uh, or something like that. So, so um, I did have one thought about Ibsen because I thought he was just superb. That I was just thinking like how much he's blossomed by being challenged in MLS. And like, what if he had come into MLS in 2015, you know, when he was a couple of years younger, uh, uh, just how much, how much he could have torn up the league by being challenged. Cause he was very good. I think we underrated him in 2015. We didn't talk about him enough. Um, uh, he was really good. He scored seven goals or six goals or whatever. Um, and just his, the team around him wasn't good enough. And he was playing in a crappy league, you know, and just it makes me yeah. makes me wonder what what could I think have been. in twenty fifteen we'd have to revisit to see what did what what teams were at and what and what what system would have been the best system for him yeah. to grow on. I don't I don't think I think I think it's, that's a plausible idea. I think weird I, I think alternate. Yeah, no, I, I think I th- I think that's a good point. I think we should you know what would have happened if you would have played earlier. You know, we all as, yeah. as fans and we as uh, you know we always play the what if you know what if, and I think. Ibsen um, has had um, a good campaign so far, and I think he—if he keeps playing the way he's playing—he's, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to to see to see talk about uh, talk about him being, um, you know, trade bait or or anything like that, or being picked up somewhere, or we can we can he's loan 30, somewhere. He's thirty-four. Hey, 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 hey! Uh, so he can probably 30, go to the galaxy. So, yeah. So the galaxy um, might be a yeah, good fit. Yeah. So uh, well, let's finish on this. Minnesota United host uh, Atlanta. It's going to be probably a snowy game, or at least cold. Probably, probably maybe not snow. It is supposed to be but, cold. Um, uh, they're back. Um, I I don't know. I'm I'm a little nervous. I, I think Atlanta have have some problems, but uh, I don't know. Maybe it's a perfect time for for us to get our offense clicking again um but because th- they do have a their, their main problem is their back line and, exactly and right and no, i think last time we attacked it they've with, got with no uh, steel in their in their with Abu Dunlady a lot and yeah. i think that's with the speed and so i think that might be the way that heath goes at it again you know if yeah. it worked once why can't it work again that was a way you know though i mean and but that I, worked yeah 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 i mean whether or not we'll play that much on the counter at home is is kind of questionable well, I, but I, I don't i don't put anything past him yeah. Inchi can it's it's he's not predictable at all. yeah I, I you know the final note is is yet again his post game comments are uh about how this team always looked like they were ready to be beaten etc it's just like that's not what i saw in this team and i'm like why after four games are you especially you won two games are you like throwing your are you just attacking the team like i just it just doesn't make sense to me what the, this kind of motivational tactic of like 
like always having the hairdryer treatment, especially in public, right? I right. Mean, I, I think. I mean, it's it was always a game you were going to lose. And Everyone I think I that. think last year we learned a lot about about that was that was his way of motivating his players, challenging them. How did that public. work last year? Yeah, it didn't work very well, you know. But uh, but you know, you're not going to change his way of of coaching. So and I mean. Uh, at least we know Ibarra has bounced back from that slaughterhouse of uh, of public humiliation, and I yet we yet to understand what might be going on in the clubhouse as well, too in house. But um, yeah, I, I don't appreciate it personally as a coach. I I I don't I I don't practice that. I I, I want to be able to 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 talk about the things that did work and the things that didn't work. But leading with with negativity and some, I mean, at least in my eyes, it's not always the best way to, to get players to react. Now, we'll see what happens this next game. See if that, yeah. that, that worked at all or not. Okay. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. We've got Twitter questions. Here we are again on the 55-1 podcast. I'm Wes. I've got Rodrigo here. Uh, you doing all right? Just checking in. I I'm doing lovely, thank you. Great. Um, Twitter questions. Here we go. Twitter we go. questions. Let's start this. Um, John McCullough ac- asks about Darwin Quintero. If he's a bust, how hot are Manny and Adrian's seats? So uh, let's. I guess we're imagining just total Demidov disaster. Right, he including he is, including the money as well too. Well, yeah, because he's making more than than Demidov. So yeah. I mean, so we're we're seeing him as just he, you know, cannot dribble the ball. He just walks, just walks right into people, falls over or something. Um, how you know, and we only see him in five games this year. How hot are those seats? I think I don't know. I think. Beginning of the beginning of the inaugural season, I've always had this three four year plan to be able to see. My view is to see the loons be extremely competitive in that in that plan. So, um, Demidov was a big mistake. Um, do I do I think Quintero will be worse than Demidov? I don't think so. I, I don't I don't see it as that way. Um, but if they are, um, if if he doesn't if he doesn't produce the way that he's supposed to be producing, then I'm pretty sure that. Um, just like uh, our our famous um, Johan, uh, there there'll be a way to get to to move him and then bury that yeah. shame somewhere. So uh, it, DP's gamble, yeah, it's I, always a gamble. I think that's part of it. And I you know and and I think you know we'll see what happens in the next couple of games if he gets how much time playing time he does and what he what he's able to do with that time. Um, hopefully, Jimmy Watson is. Uh, is watching out for all those uh, bad long crosses at practice, or maybe yeah, he'll he'll invite him to uh, to a crossbar side. challenge. I don't yeah. know. I, w- I would love to see that. You know, he d- well actually Darwin won't be invited. He'll just crash someone else's name for uh, it's the Jamie Watson head challenge. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I I just don't think it's make or break on one. I don't think that if we were talking Nicholas Benedetti money, you know, oh, if we we're yeah, talking then... with seven million dollar fee to get him, and then like this guy is just. Horrible, clown, yeah. you know, he literally wears clown shoes and so mm-hmm. yeah. Then, but I, it's not. I, I don't think the pressure's on for this. I think the pressure is still far away from being put. I on. think people are still um, in the 
oh crap, we lost Kevin Molino. Yeah. How do we fix that? And I yeah. think this is is somewhat of a blessing in disguise that we're able to pick someone who can yeah. somewhat pick up um um that uh the the play the play that Molina yeah. was was doing especially his earlier games hopefully if he can do what he was doing then then I I don't, I don't see anybody complaining about and, the pickup and I also think that Minnesota United th- there's always like multiple targets out there that they're trying to get I don't think Darwin Quintero was like their this is the guy we wish was our our top our our first DP I think that he's a good guy that they want to bring in he seems like he can do something but he's not. Again, I'm going back to Benedetti because I do think that he would have, that would have been a, a big It would be interesting to see how team. close we were to get Benedetti. Yeah. So. Or maybe it happens in the summer. Who knows? Who but, knows? Yeah. Um, Dustin Lifong, I think, um, says uh, this guy, uh, Tutul Rahman, uh, tweeted a while back that he feels, Minis- feels for Minnesota United who tried to get top talent but were denied and went on to suggest that Minnesota should invest heavily in their academy since Minnesota won't be getting. Beaches, any beaches anytime soon? Any indication this happened? So, just about the academy. Um, I think, I think this whole academy, um, question is, is very interesting, uh, as this is the aspect of development talent locally or, um, being able to maybe branch out to local, well, I guess Midwest areas, uh, that we might be able to reach out to do that. Um, do I think the United missed out on opportunities? Yeah, I think more likely did because we don't have deep pockets. <laughs> so everything that that no, we're not. We you know it reminds you kind of like an early early twins management where we're trying to function on their certain amount of money all the time and just try to get players that are willing to perform above their it, their it, grade. So. And I also think that they're also dealing with a couple. Uh, you know they have a reputation of they're a bad team. They play on turf. They've got lots of things coming against them, and and uh, they, you know, they go after players like Diego Rossi. They're going to lose them to LAFC. You know, um, so I think I, I think the second part of the question is: Should they, you know, if they can't get these guys, should they go build the academy? Obviously, they should do both, but. They are never going to have New York Red Bulls Academy. You know, as much right. as Alex Schieferdecker praised what, what Red Bulls are doing, you can't have the New York Academy here, right? Sporting Kansas City have done a lot to try to build the academy. They just signed a kid from uh, North Carolina to to bring them, him in because they can't produce all the uh, great academy kids they need to in-house. I mean, it's just, it's not the hotbed that uh, Southern California... New York, New Jersey, right. Texas are. And Minnesota's going to be the same way. How many professionals have we produced out of Minnesota? Not that many. That are playing currently? Or just in our history, right? I mean, you know. Do, do, we, do we throw the Lagos in that conversation? Yeah, I mean, so, sure, but Lagos, you know, Amos McGee, Tony Sane. Um, we only have two. Finley, right? You know, uh, yeah. If, I would say who came out of Minnesota proper, you know, Bunbury, you've got um, right. Eric Miller, you've got the Colmans. You've got, you have a decent amount of players, but like nothing that's only, over. only Sané and uh, Lagos are w- what we would consider kind of that top level. And they came very early in the, 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 a much earlier era. So again, I think this is a, this is an interesting 
conversation to have, especially regarding the academy, because um, it it just it I would I would like to know what what their approach is going to be to developing that. I mean, right now they have two academy teams, and hopefully next fall they'll have three. Yeah, mm-hmm. and hopefully um, you know what is their vision? What are they trying to expand to? Are they going to involve a a um, a a girls girls academy team are they going to be able to do that is that part of their 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 view um hopefully because uh, there's a lot of um you know good there's good talent in, in in the cities specifically i think personally but what is their what is their plan like i don't i have i have not you know besides the brochures that they hand out no 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 five-year plan has been given yeah. out to what the academy what they expect out of it what they're going to do and uh unfortunately for me, that's a little bit disappointing because yeah. I, I would like to, to be involved in the aspect of youth. And we'll see what happens when Allianz, uh, the, also known as the, not the Cloud City, um, <laughs> uh, gets built, it gets finished, and then what options that opens up yeah. to be able to expand that or not, specifically because it will be in the, in, in the smack of, of Midway and uh, Mac of St. Paul and see what they can do with, um, with that. My my hope is that the the academy is is a way to be able to not only um, work with uh, local clubs but also be able to have a much um, thorough work plan as to what they want to do. So uh, yeah, again, I think that it's it's a great discussion, but there's not a lot of information out there. So yeah. so um, my my thing is hopefully we'll find out sooner than later uh, what their plan is. But um, yeah, to, to Dustin's question, I think that. Minnesota is always going to, they're going to fail. Every team will fail getting players. Right. right. I mean, we don't you, have beaches. Right? We, we didn't get. Uh, unless you, unless. we. Do, oh, do, I get it. He said beaches because people want to be near the beach. Right. I, just, I was like very confused right. by what that. We, so, we get, we, I've gotten into a poetic discussion about if the lakes have beaches or not compared yeah. to ocean. So it's kind of that same yeah, argument. Yeah. Uh, would you want to go to Sandy, Sandy, California, places there where they're are, warm? You, they're like. Portland is still getting players. Seattle are still getting players. Uh, I, I, you can still get good players. I mean, yes, those places are on the coast, but they're not like L.A. I mean, Portland is <laughs> smaller than the Twin Cities. Yeah, you know? I mean, we have to look so, up what the market is as well, too. What, yeah, what, what, and, what, and what, so what, where, where does Minnesota fall I on the market level? So. There's still players will they will get bigger players in. We're still very early in this process, and it's hard to see it. Uh, in a longer term, but I'm not particularly worried about that. I do. I would like same with you. I would like to know, like, well, and I've asked this to a million people there. Uh, what is the? How do you? What kind of? How do you want to get players in? Do you want to spend a lot of money? Do you want to have an academy? Do you want to? What team do you want to be like? Do you want to be like RSL? Do you want to be like Dallas? Um, I wish I could get that answer. I, I still haven't, but. Eric Silva Brenneman, never heard of him, says World Cup uh, Group D friendlies last couple of weeks. Yikes! Group of death or death of a group? I, I uh, let's see. That's that has Argentina, Iceland, Croatia, and Nigeria. Argentina lose six one to Spain. Iceland lose six one uh, overall in over two matches to Mexico and Peru. Croatia beat Mexico. One nothing, uh, yeah, one nothing, yeah. Without Luka Modric, and uh, I think someone else is missing. Um, Nigeria lost to Serbia and then beat Poland. Um, yeah, I think that I didn't think that that was a group of death, but I do think that that is a very interesting group. And I think you could 
very easily see Croatia and Nigeria. And I'm not just saying that because of last week's, this week's friendlies. You could very easily see Croatia and Nigeria being the two teams out of that. It's a very... Yeah, with Argentina, you don't all, know what you're getting anymore. All of yeah. those teams have um, a little bit of great and uh, and uh, and some big downsides. Yeah. Uh, Iceland maybe have the least bit of great, but, well, they, Iceland, Iceland, but they have a very good good overall. Yeah, Iceland is an organized team. Like yeah. they they play organized, so like they have their you know their the way that they play, and so that can be very well. Um, you know, and that can work very well. Like they, uh, but. When you face a team who has creativity and is able to create a lot yeah. off, off of the triangle, um, that's how that's that's how you beat that. So, um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, I think, I think, I don't know. We don't know which Argentina we're going to get this World Cup. Just like we didn't know what Argentina we got last World Cup. Yeah. So who knows what's going to happen? I mean, the favorite, of course, is always Argentina to be able to get out of that group. But uh, like you said. It could it could either be any of those teams could have a chance um, to make it onto the to the next round. So yeah, this is a question. I'm I'm curious actually what you you have to say about it. Nick Hughesby says, uh, "Here's a question for the pod. Last time you talked about Ibarra's best position as being on the field. How do you feel about Miguel at left back?" Um, he says, I'm far from saying he's the best there. His position, positional sense would be missed up front, but depending on uh, Quintero, etc. A starting left back spot could have some possibilities, and with his work rate being what it is, he could still get forward and contribute to the attack without being a liability. I like him playing regardless. Your thoughts? What, what, what do you think about that? What was his uh, position uh, when he played for the United States? Wasn't he playing like a left? No, it was, it was left wing. Yeah, left was, wing, right? But but he was really like more like a like a like a defensive left wing, right? Yeah, he wasn't yeah. Really, he, he was. He wasn't yeah. really pushing forward. Yeah, and and I think, I think that's, uh, I think having Ibarra on the field, regardless of how you get him on there, um, is 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 a good thing. I think uh, mostly, I'm not too sure about left back. Um, um, you know, I rather, I, you know, you you, I rather have the the switch between between Sammy and because people are gonna figure out Sammy's trick, you yeah. know. And once that happens, then you come to the question: Is he serviceable again, or do you switch him to the right side, <laughs> to the just yeah. to the other side, see if we can do that with the other foot? Um, but um, I think Miguel's um versatility is his strongest suit. So, do I think he can play left back? I think he can. Uh, but do I want him? No, I don't yeah. want him to do that. So, but uh, but I, I get what he. I get, it's a very good question. I think that's uh, uh, someone who can go up and down and come back because he can do that uh, really and 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 he play that supportive role yeah. of being that check back or check two uh, and re- restarting the whole triangle or restarting or switching the ball. He he can do that. Um, he can do that. I just I just don't know. Um, depending if. Uh, who who's on that left back that we that, that we can switch out to? Yeah. Specifically, if we're trying to get some of the younger defensive yeah. players in, in to get some time. How do the balancing act of roles that that you have to do is that um, I prefer I prefer if Quintero is going to take time away from um, Ibarra. from Ibarra, uh, maybe switch him with um, with Sammy, maybe uh, put Ibarra as a super sub. 
Um, so I, I, the the things that give me pause about Ibarra in that are um, the type of defending he does is not really marking or one on one. No, kind of if you've no. got a winger, mm-hmm. he he's good at putting pressure on people and kind of dogging people, um, which is not you're, you're not dogging someone when they're. On there, that, that's not, then you're going to get beat. Yeah. And so, uh, and also the, the kind of passing he does, you know, you know, he doesn't do long passes, Mm-mm. you know, he, he doesn't switch the ball. And, and his best role is um, when he has freedom to move, you don't want your fullback having freedom to move. So a lot of the things that I think are essential to him being good, other than you're right about the, the work rate. Yeah. He would get up and up and back and do both parts of that role well i i just don't think it fits him well i i i think you know alex suggested him as a as a central midfielder which i i disagree with but i think that he would be better suited in that role than in a a, a fullback role i i think i think it's a good question i just don't i don't i don't see him as a, as a left back at the moment unless for example we have too many players getting injured that we are forced to do that so yeah um uh, I want to go to a, a few other questions, and I kind of uh, lost lost them. But did did you have any uh, pulled up? Because I didn't print them all out. <laughs> yeah, we seem to be getting a lot of good questions. Um, Who will be I've, the first player that Minnesota United FC sells for a profit? This is from Rob Spence. I believe. I think, uh, as you stated before in this podcast, I think it will be Cobble. Okay. He just he just he just signed a, a larger contract, and he's becoming more of a well-known figure um and so i think he will be the first one to go um and i mean i think that's that's a smart decision yeah um um to to do that and um hopefully we will get um something worthy in return um so but that's probably my guess i think if you have your people on the bubble uh ibarra is always on the talk on, on that um who knows maybe even christian you know um might be might be on that yeah. on that bubble as well too for the uh, for the stuff. So um, I'll let you close this off with one. Yeah, no. So here's there's apparently there's an Alexi Gomez. Um, you're the you are the apparently are the I'm the Peruvian Alexi Gomez. Expert, I'm yeah. the Alexi Gomez um, expert. Expert apparently. But yeah, um, so there's rumors again that this uh, left wing defensive fullback or whatever whatever we want to call him uh, um, from Peru. Is coming to Minnesota. Some of the articles say it's more likely that he's going to Bolivar. Um, uh, who, who knows what's actually? I, I I just somehow just doubt that that there's a real. That I don't doubt that there was pursuit, but I, I just doubt. That uh, yeah, it's real. I, I think there's pursuit. I think um, I don't. I, I haven't been able to, and I've been keeping an eye close on the um, Peruvian sports media to see if there's any news and the latest news that I had read uh and i haven't had anything uh um else is that you know he, he bolivar bolivar is, is 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 interested in signing him specifically for the next um next section of their of their league play and um uh are they in copa libertadores i forget if they are now maybe that other competitions as well too um here here's here's my thing about alexi gomez um I think Alexi Gomez is uh, a young player. I think I think at the beginning, uh, you know, he functions more of a, a of a winger, left wing. He can create. He's fast. He can he can do that. Um, I just don't know if I want to I want a head case 
to be able yeah. to be here. And I don't know how that will function with with our coaching. And you don't want a a, a Peruvian head case who will give who who you I will never I will to... never hear the end of it from you yeah, and everybody yeah, yeah. else in the fifty five. You won't actually be cheering for this, Peru- right? Peru- and so that would be yeah, the yeah. thing. I mean, I think I think Alexi is has had many issues. Um, and I think it, I think it rolls down to a lot of these players, the way it works in Latin America, and this is my opinion, of course, is that you know a lot of these players come from nothing, come from neighborhoods that right. are in, in deep poverty, and their way out is is, is sports. And uh, I'm pretty sure that the um, his agent didn't really explain to him that you can't play a pickup game, an amateur pickup game before you actually have a game to do that. Yeah. That's just one of those things you don't do, right? That's that's kind of like common knowledge. And he's he's been kind of a back basket case. Uh, Universitario was trying to take him back, but their budget doesn't do that. So they're just trying to loan him again, uh, try to see if we can do that. Um, I think the United talks have fizzled down a bit, uh, even though on some Twitter Twitter accounts are, are saying that he's going to the United, even though they... The- the fact that it's so out there, this is my theory about it. It's very, it's very rare that the the real pursuits have really gotten out there. Benedetti being a rare one, um, but that was pretty far along. Uh, I think they want to get rid of him. Minnesota came sneaking, snooping around, inquiring, and then they were like, "This team in MLS wants him," and they the, that it's. The team and the agents, and they were trying to get this out there to try to drive. Right, up they were interest. they were hyping up the, the whole the whole process, which which is why the fact that we've seen so many article articles about it actually makes me more suspicious about it because it just seems like. And a lot of times, what we'll see is there's a rumor that starts. Some rando in the U.S. writes about it on their Medium webpage, and then. A, t- a, a, a newspaper in that country says, oh, well, this person, you know, this writer in, in right. Minnesota writing from his mom's basement uh, said that they, you know, they're interested. And so it's just like that. That's how these things. Yeah, I, th- I think overall, if I had to choose, uh, you know, there are better option of Peruvian players out there that that would yeah. fit the United's role. Though it is my dream to have a Peruvian player um, in the United and. Um, so far, uh, we've whined about Johan, we've whined about Demidov, and they've taken off. So mm-hmm. hopefully the more I whine and the more uh, scouting I do of Peruvian players, you keep sending them. This microphone wields power, man. So maybe maybe, maybe that, that, that will lead that to it. I mean, who, if anyone was watching I, um, the, um, the Iceland game, I, Andres Carrillo would, would be for perfectly. Uh, even an old man, Farfan, would be extremely serviceable in this league. Uh, and he's playing cu- t- currently in Russia, so I mean, yeah. options well, are out there. I mean, yeah. Portland has a proven player. The, um, Miami has a proven player. New York FC has a proven player. I mean, you know, it's it's it, it's the it's the new hipster thing, right? Yeah. yeah, we need we need to be able to follow that trend. Yeah. Well, um, uh, thanks, Rodrigo. Thank you, listeners. Uh, again, your uh, RSC spoken word on on Twitter. I'm at MN Nice FC. Please send us. Uh, um, boxes of chocolates and Twitter questions and, and all these things. I, I think it's going to be you, me, and Eric again next week. Sounds Ma- like a plan. Maybe we'll even get Alex and we'll do the, the crazy <laughs> party again. But um, thanks, everyone. And uh, Saturday, we'll see down we'll with see. Atlanta. We will. We will see every soul.